This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G Stryker. And what do I have to be super excited this week? Defensive football. Finally, dominant defensive football has come back to Pittsburgh. And man, it couldn't come back soon enough for me. And the thousands of Steeler fans at the game with me on Sunday because I was just talking to the people sitting around me, my buddies uh, Vinny up front, uh, and uh, we were saying, hey, this crowd is electric. And what gets the crowd more electric in Pittsburgh than big defensive plays? Yeah, touchdowns are great. Touchdowns are fun to root for. But this this entire city was built on watching a team that played tough, hard-nosed football. Even coming up through the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and 60s. I mean, these weren't great teams at all. But defensively, teams knew they were going to get beat up when they saw the Steelers. The 70s. Everybody got beat up when they saw the Steelers on both sides of the football. And this past weekend, it's been a long time, but the Steelers' defense was the reason why they got that victory this week. I mean, what are we talking about? Three forced fumbles in that game? And interception-wise, three interceptions? This team is forcing turnovers at a high clip. And they finally have the athleticism to make the plays that we've been waiting for since Troy Palomalu hung up his cleats. Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. I mean, a lot of people are talking about him as being a defensive MVP. Screw that. This guy is a total MVP. And until the NFL gets its head out of its own butt and starts calling the MVP the offensive MVP, this is the biggest case I've seen for a defensive player to be MVP. Since Mika Fitzpatrick's joined the team, team is 5-2. and two. Team is now <laughs> has three more turnovers a game than it averaged before having him. And he is just, he, what does he have now? Two touchdowns in the last two games? This guy is making offense out of defense. I would love for a defensive player to be in the running and the talk for actual NFL MVP, which is essentially who's the best quarterback. Come on. I mean, the NFL is not going to give it to anybody but a quarterback. But this season, man, Minka is something special. Something special. And I love seeing his picture on the NFL.com board. If you go and check out his check out and see who's leading the league in interceptions, you get a beautiful picture of Minka Fitzpatrick in his beautiful teal colored jersey. And I love it. I love the fact that Miami finally has somebody in one of their jerseys at the top of a positive stat list on NFL.com. Thank you very much for that trade, Miami. One 
first-round draft pick the Steelers had to give up. And, man, is that the best steal that the Steelers have made since Jerome Bettis. This guy is playing at an all-pro level, continues this on a longer career. It could be a stealing, a Hall of Famer. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself there, but, man, this guy is making plays. We all loved watching Troy Polamalu. Nothing got us more pumped up as Steeler fans than watching Troy Polamalu make a big interception, make a big forced fumble, making a big tackle, returning balls for touchdowns. Steeler fans, we got another one here in Minka Fitzpatrick, man. I love me some Minka. Love him. I can't get enough of him. Absolutely love the guy. And so does Steeler Nation, man. That crowd was electric, and it was as loud as any crowd as I've heard in playoff games. Offense is, I mean, still, the offense at times is getting booed early on in games. And I understand the crowd's frustration. I mean, me personally, I know what's wrong with the offense. I'm not going to boo my players for it. Number one, the biggest one saying, hey, we're starting Mason Rudolph, a second-year player. He's on his sixth start now. And I'm not expecting this guy to be Ben Roethlisberger or anywhere near Ben Roethlisberger, but I got to give this guy some credit where credit is due, and he's doing a heck of a job. Um, He's managing the games well. He's completing the balls he needs to complete. He's hitting the open guy short, and he's starting to develop the longer-range plays. And now it's it's a baby-step process, people. I can't have him throwing downfield every, every throw, and we'd like to see him throw deep more often, but he's doing things right. And one thing that he's doing wrong still is holding on to the football a little too long. You got to take the good with the bad in that situation, as all good Steeler fans know. Ben Roethlisberger was the king at holding on to the football a little too long but Ben was making big plays by doing that Rudolph's still looking downfield he might make a couple plays instead of getting safeties I'm hoping he doesn't get as many safeties anymore but now he's got two in the last two games sitting around holding that ball a little too long in the pocket in the end zone on the wrong side of the football but that is also a byproduct of our terrible punt return game Barry Switzer is hurt this week He's not going to be returning the punts. I'm telling you, I think that's going to help the Steelers punt. The Steelers field position after punts this seat, this game. We got pinned twice. The punt that the Steelers got pinned on in the Rams game, there was no way that he should have been pinned on the five. He received the ball on the five. There was no one within 15 yards of him, and he runs laterally instead of directly up the field. Worst-case scenario in that situation, he could have had the ball to the 12-yard line. Unfortunately, Steelers get the ball on the five, play later. You got one of the best defensive lines in football, Clay Matthews, Aaron Darnold, coming at you hard, getting that safety. It is what it is, but I'm going to tell you again, too, Steeler fans, sometimes a safety is not that bad of a thing. Sure, you're letting up two points, but you get a chance to kick the ball off and put the team in a manageable down and distance, whereas if you're punting from the end zone, that team's going to get the ball on the 50-yard line. After a safety, you're going to punt the ball. They're going to get the ball between the 20 and the 30. So that's a, a little bit better in field position. They still have to play a little bit more conservatively trying to come across into the offensive zone, but that is the one benefit of getting a safety is, yeah, you're going to give up two points, but you're going to gain field position, and that's exactly what happened to the Steelers after their safety. They gained field position. The Rams punted. 
and then the Steelers went down on their longest drive and scored a field goal. And, you know, that's where the, the game started to get away from the Rams. They had to force for it. They went for the fake punt, which was a quote-unquote fake punt that everybody could see coming. <clears throat> and another interesting thing happened on the fake punt. We got Trey Edmonds intercepting the football. So now I believe he might have more interceptions than his brother this season, and he doesn't even play on the defensive side of the football. Yet still, great, great athletic play by Trey. I'm not throwing shades at Terrell because he's a heck of a player himself, and he's coming into his own with this defense the way it's really starting to, to turn up the notch on the turnovers this season. I mean, to finish off what the defense really accomplished in the last game, People don't want to give Mason Rudolph credit, you know, coming off of six starts, but you've got a guy in golf now who's in his third year last season. He took his team to the Super Bowl. I mean, this is guy is supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Steelers held him 22 for 20, for 41 for 243 yards, which is pretty close to the same stats that Mason Rudolph had. Mason Rudolph was 22 for 20. For 38 and one yard less at 248 or 242. The only difference between those two players in that game was ball security. Mason Rudolph gets a touchdown to Washington, a really good play by Washington to get those those that those feet in bounds before he fell out of bounds. Um and so he had a touchdown, but he didn't throw an interception. On the other side, golf had two interceptions, no touchdowns. That's the difference of the game. Quarterback play. You don't want to give credit where credit's due. To Mason Rudolph, you've got to also be as equally hard on Jared Goff because this guy's a legit quarterback. He knows what he's doing. So why did he look bad? It's because the defense looked that good. The defense is now one of the toughest to go up against in the league. Front seven is getting dominating pressure. And the thing is, it's not a one-guy defense. A lot of teams have a one-guy, two-guy defense. Sure, we have Watts and Dupree, right, which is now getting the, the accolades that he deserves in his contract year because he's playing excellent football. Took him a while to come out of it. Took him a while to get on this. But he also is not dealing with any nagging injuries this year. He had been, been kind of his M.O. of dealing with a nagging injury, and usually an upper body injury, so he could still play with his legs, just wasn't as tough or as strong or as nimble with his upper body to be able to get off of tackles, to get off of blocks, make plays behind the line of scrimmage. And he's doing it this year. Unfortunately, they don't have two it anymore, but they still have Hargrave. You got to know where he is. And Hayward. Hayward's killing it, man. Hayward is defensive captain. He always puts it on himself for his performance, and he is winning at the line of scrimmage against everybody they put up against them. It's fun to watch. It is really, really, really fun to watch. And then you've got the option of throwing Barron, Williams, Bush up the gap, Hayden coming in off the edge. I'm not Hayden. Hilton coming in off the off of the corner, off the slot. And you've got people that are making plays in the backfield for tackles for losses, quarterback sacks. That's why this team's in the top of the league again up near the top for quarterback sacks. That's why, and <laughs> for once, we've got a guy leading the league in interceptions. I mean, I don't remember when that has happened for the longest time. I mean, Troy's had some good years. He didn't lead the league. Um, maybe Rod Woodson might have done it one of the years. But, man, 
is this is a defense that is opportunistic, athletic, fast, and has a nose for the football. And they know when the football is going to be in their area. They're making plays on the ball. Passes defensed. Just passes defensed last game. Let's take a look at that. You got Steeler. You got Joe Hayden alone. He defended five passes. That one interception, obviously, as well. But five passes, so technically six passes defensed. You got one for Trey. You got two for Minka. Two for Cameron Hayward. One for Barron. One for Nelson. One for the other Edmonds. The one that actually starts at safety. So that's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen passes defended. That's somebody getting a hand on a football. Whether it's a batted ball, the line of scrimmage, whether it's a batted ball right when the uh, the player is going to catch the ball and they're making the play in front of the player or they're knocking it out of his hands. This team now knows how to defend at the point of attack, and that is something that has been the Achilles heel of this defense for the past five years, man. They just always left up too much space, always let the receivers catch the ball. Now they're making plays at the point of attack with the football, and that's a big part of having the pressure in front making quarterbacks have to make quicker decisions, faster athletic players in the defensive backfield getting into those windows quicker than we'd be able to be used to. But it's a hand-in-hand thing. The pass rush is helping out the secondary, and now the secondary is helping out the pass rush. It's a great thing to see, man. Defensive football, that dominating football, that stealer football, that steel curtain football. Not the steel curtain yet this season. This is something different. This is this is turnover time. This is Apple turnover football. This is fun to watch. Big plays, splash plays on on defense. Big sacks, sack fumbles, forced fumbles, balls on the ground. I love watching it, and the Steelers nation loves watching it too. And like we said again, that crowd is going to keep being jazzed. Renegade came on. Steelers had two drives on defense to stop the Rams. And I don't think any single Steeler fan in that stadium did not think for one second that that defense couldn't get that game won. They gave Jared Goff and Gurley the ball two more drives to win that game under two minutes, and they couldn't do it on that defense. Steeler football, love it. Absolutely love it. Another big reason, though, guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about Another big reason by why the offense, I mean, a, a lot of Steeler Nation fans talking about, hey, offense has no identity, can't get anything done, what's going on. It's multifaceted. But first one I talked to you about, obviously, new quarterback is the biggest thing. It's going to kind of push an offense. But a second thing is the running game, man. And I can put a single player down for being the biggest impact on the running game. Yeah, sure, James Conner's hurt. It's not James Conner. Jalen Samuels, he's a heck of a back. He's probably the most diverse back that the Steelers have had, Um, even going back to Bell. I mean, Bell was a much better runner than Jalen Samuels, but I'm going to say that Jalen Samuels is a better receiver. You can argue with me on that, but in college, Jalen Samuels was essentially a slot receiver, getting close to 70 balls a year. Guy knows how to catch a football. And he does it well. He runs great patterns. He gets open. 
and he's making people miss after he gets the ball. But it's still not Jalen Samuels, and not Snell, and Snell's been injured as well. It's not the big injuries to the main running backs. It's the injury to our fullback. It's the Steelers are missing their fullback. Roosevelt Knicks. The guy is a monster. He's only played in one complete game this season, and that was the Patriots game. The only other game he played in two weeks ago against the Dolphins. What happened that game? As soon as they lined up two back, told my wife we were watching the game, I said, watch Roosevelt Knicks. He's going to kill somebody. And what did he do? Planted the middle linebacker in the A-gap. Destroyed him. Connor runs right around him. Eight-yard gain. Easy money. That's who the Steelers are missing. That is what gets the running game going. And not having a fullback, not having Roosevelt Knicks out there leading the wedge, knocking down people in the gaps, it's made it so that this team really is having trouble moving the football. And I still think, even with James Conner coming back this week, he will do better on the ground than Jalen Samuels did on the ground last week, but he's not going to do as well until Roosevelt Knicks comes back. That guy is a bowling ball. Love having him on a team. And I love that the Steelers still have a fullback, but unfortunately the Steelers do not have two fullbacks, and while he is out, the running game is suffering is inconsistent. Much tougher. Much tougher to move the football without Roosevelt Nix in there. But hopefully he will come back again soon. Obviously, it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. So let's talk about the injuries coming up from this past week. Um, Benny Snell, as we discussed, and Roosevelt Nix are not playing, and neither is Ryan Switzer. All three have all been ruled out for tomorrow's game against the Browns. Uh, Anthony Chiquillo has a rib injury. He was limited both practices, and he is listed as questionable, as well as Joe Hayden, a surprise questionable today, being sick. So it sounds like he took the day off to deal, to, to deal with an illness. If I know Joe, Joe Hayden, he's going to be playing no matter what. I don't think there's any type of flu or sickness that's going to keep that guy out of a football game. And we'll see if he has a Michael Jordan-esque performance when if any of you guys remember Michael Jordan playing with a fever every time he got a fever it seemed like on a big basketball game the guy would go out and rip up 40 points and shut everybody down on defense and that's what we're going to be looking for Joe Hayden to do again shut everybody down man he is playing insane and honestly the Steelers need him this week because as much as the Cleveland Browns are as inconsistent as possible. They are talented as hell at wide receiver. Talented as hell. Whether it's Odell Beckham on the one side, you know, more of a downfield receiver, big plays, excellent hands, or Jarvis Landry, who catches everything that comes his way. You need you need the help of Joe Hayden in that football game. And have Hayden and Nelson. Nelson's playing some excellent football now in his own right, shutting people down. People are actually throwing away from Nelson because he's not letting his guys come open. That's why Joe Hayden had so many passes defensed last game, five of them, because people were throwing his way because Nelson's side wasn't open. 
not like Hayden's side was open either. I mean, you got to pick your poison with the Steelers, but whatever Goff was seeing on his on his normal on his easier read side to his left because he's right-handed. He's looking left first. That's Nelson's side. Not there. I'm going right. Oh, you got to throw it because here's the pressure. Bam. Hayden's making a play. That was awesome. It was so fun to watch. But either way, moving up into this matchup, it's a tougher matchup. I mean, I don't know who the Cleveland Browns are this season. I, I really don't. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. I'm looking at what they've accomplished this year. They've got three wins. They've got three wins on the season. One against the Jets. That's okay, sure. They can beat the Jets. Or, uh, yeah, it's the Jets. But their other two wins against Baltimore in Baltimore. And they just beat the Bills last week. Two solid winning teams right now in playoff contention. And they played them both well. They actually embarrassed Baltimore in Baltimore. Gave them their worst loss of the season. And then they lose to the Rams and the 49ers. I mean, they're good teams. And the Seahawks, all three of those are good teams. I understand that. Lose to the Patriots. Okay, that's a good team too. Broncos, they're about the same. You know, but they lose to the Broncos in Denver. So, and lose to Titans also at home. Titans are a pretty good team too. But still, I mean, this is a team that obviously is not a pretty good team. They're a pretty average team. Um, But they're beating two excellent teams, lost to a lot of good teams. So where does this matchup lie? Matchup lies against the defense again. Steelers need to get pressure. Steelers need to get after Baker Mayfield. Make him look like Johnny Manziel instead of Baker Mayfield. Make him look like a cupcake baker instead of Baker Mayfield. Make him look like he'd rather be doing commercials on the sideline in the stands like he does in between plays than actually trying to make plays on the field against the Steeler defense. I'm telling you. This is tougher now for for defenses to have to plan to play the Steelers. There's not one single person you can single out to stop this defense. You can double-team Hayden. What's going to happen? Boom, you're going to get hit on the other side by Dupree. Double-team Watt. What's going to happen? Dupree and Hayden are going to come through. I mean, this is, this is tough to do. Maybe overload some zones. Maybe try to get some... Balls out quicker, maybe try to establish a running game. But teams are having trouble establishing a running game. Holding Gurley under 100, 100 yards this past game. And Steelers defense is getting after it. Offense, you got to help your team out, for gosh sakes. I mean, Steelers right now, they're getting three, four turnovers a game. That's not going to happen every game, people. I'd love for it to happen every game. It's fun to watch, fun to root for. But... Honestly, it's not. And you got to be realistic that it's not going to happen every game. So what do you have to do on the offensive side of the football and on special teams? You got to take care of that football, man. You cannot be putting that ball on the ground. You cannot be deflecting that ball and knocking it straight up in the air, receivers looking at you, so the defense can get an easy interception. Offense 
you can't turn the ball over. Mason had his first game last week where he didn't throw an interception in a while, so I loved that. Still can't put balls on the ground. I mean, that bad snap by Pouncey, man, that was horrible. And that gifted the Rams with their only touchdown in that game. That game's not even close if that play doesn't happen. I mean, <laughs> help out your defense. I've seen teams win Super Bowls with defense and no offense. 2000, Baltimore Ravens, best defense in the league, one of the best defenses of all time. But their offense did not put the ball on the ground. Trent Dilfer did not throw interceptions. Their running game, Priest Holmes, Lewis back then, those guys did not put the ball on the ground, and they were hard runners. Their best offensive player that year was Stover, their kicker. They're used to having their kicker being their best offensive player. Look at Justin Tucker. My gosh, they love their kickers over there. Stover did not miss inside of 40. He, he didn't have the leg that, that Justin Tucker has outside of 50 yards, but Stover just did not miss from 45 in. He was automatic. Guy was automatic. And they had a great returner that year. I think Jamal Lewis or Jermaine Lewis. Jermaine Lewis was their kick returner that year. And he was flipping fields. The defense is making a big stop, putting their offense on a short field with big returns. That's how they won a Super Bowl. They did it with defense, guys. They did it with defense and not turning the ball over. It is possible to do. I mean, Steelers offense has to get a lot better at not turning the ball over to get to that rank yet, but there is a path, and the path is there. And hopefully the Steelers start walking that path. But this week... They're a three-point road dog. Have two more wins than, than the Browns. I can't remember the last time that the Steelers haven't been picked to beat the Browns. This is a long time. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's, it's pretty much since Ben started playing that, that, that the Browns have been picked to beat the Steelers. But this week, Browns three points. They got the home field advantage three points. This is essentially a pick'em game on neutral neutral soil. So we got to see who shows up. I mean, I like the Steelers' chances. I love the way their defense is setting the tone. If the defense can set the tone and Rudolph can make just enough plays, having Connor back is going to be big. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Ramon Foster also coming back, which is huge, because they've been shuffling the line a lot. I mean, it did a fine job, as good as they could do against that front seven. Uh, that's one of the best front sevens in the league that the Steelers faced and still let up. Yeah, two sacks. Yeah. You know, Darnold and Clay Matthews are going to get their sacks and they're going to get their tackles for losses. Um, but the team didn't self-destruct as badly as it could have been. And, and as long as they stop snapping balls over quarterbacks heads, this offense is going to going to be in a better situation to be able to get some points on the board this week. Well, Steeler fans, that's all the time we have for the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stony Brewing. Be sure to check us out at www.SteelerNation.com for some excellent, excellent Steeler articles and one of the greatest football forums on the interwebs. Tweet us at SteelerNation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. I am your host, G Stryker, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!